So I'm I'm kind of happy to be back. Okay. Not to anyone else, but to you and I, we had a break, mm-hmm. and I kind of feel like I have podcasting blue balls. <laughs> Did you miss me? Mm, maybe a little. Mm. Um, what's going on? Uh, I moved into my house. It's exciting. Yeah. You're in. I'm now the official owner of four cats. So whoa, whoa, whoa. You went from zero to four? Oh, she probably had them. She had four cats. Oh, okay. And she brought four cats. Ugh. So now I have four cats. Okay. You you know you're at the cusp of being, like, four is when you hear a lot, but it's not necessarily weird. Yeah. But five is that official point where yeah. if, you, if you breach that, then I, you're fucking weird. When I, when everything was, we were talking about, I was told there were going to be three cats. <laughs> and then brother and sister fucked. Oh. And now we have an incest baby. Kitty. Is that taken care of now? <laughs> That's the fourth cat. No, I mean, is the, is that no. possible that that's still going to keep happening? There's a possibility. But I told her that it's we're not keeping any more cats if that happens. Oh, it had to have been a litter of incest babies. It was it was a single incest baby. Oh, that's that's probably due to the incest. Like Maybe. cats usually also, don't she have. She was really one. young. She was less than one. Cats usually don't have single babies, right? It's very rare. Uh, so it could have been the incest plus the youth <laughs> equals dumb kitten with flipper paws. Uh, <laughs> I'm so happy right now. <laughs> like you're so close to like breaching a social barrier and you have an inbred <laughs> Like I wish, I wish it would have been a litter because a litter would have been easier to say, okay, you got to get rid of the litter. Yeah. But one, she's like. There was one, and I bonded with it, and now it's coming with me. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) All right. Uh, So you have you had this conversation? Like we're done. Like I don't care if one if one comes up. To be fair, we had that conversation at three. Well, so (laughs) you know how you know how well that worked. So. We've had the conversation at four <laughs> that there are no more coming. God. Who knows? I'll probably lose. Oh, that sounds terrible. It's terrible. I used to be able to sleep. Now there's always a cat attacking my feet or jumping across my legs or something fun like that. We had a, a cat and we got a second cat. We ended up having to get rid of it because it was like peeing all over. Mm-hmm. This was years ago at this point. But uh, at one point, the cat would, like, lay on you when you would sleep. And it was kind of awesome that I would try to get it off of me. So I'd roll over, and it would just, like, step on me like I was a log. So it would just keep, (laughs) like, I would just roll, and it would walk on me while I did it, right? Yeah. And uh, there was one one day when I'm laying on my my side, away from the bed, Mm -hmm. and I heard... I don't know how it works when you sleep, like part of you is still awake or whatever, right? Like, so if you whisper, the room is on fire, people will wake up, right? Sure. It was that part of my brain that was still functioning because I heard something just in time to see the cat whiz past me. Like I'm laying on my side, whizzes past me. And it's obviously uncomfortable right now because it lands on my head. So it uses (laughs) my head as another springboard and jumps and like hits the wall and scatters away, right? (laughs) Which wakes my wife up, both the commotion of the cat hitting the wall and f- running away, and then me like jumping up, like freaked out because it just jumped on my head. 
So she starts laughing, and I'm like, I my head is bleeding. <laughs> my head is, and she's just laughing, and then I show her, like, there's blood on my hand. And she's still laughing at me, and I'm like, I think I have a claw in the top of... <laughs> so she's laughing at me, like, you don't... You, Russ, you don't have a claw in the top of your head. Those aren't removable. Yeah, you know what the story ends up with? I had a fucking claw stuck in the... T- she had to pull the claw to my head, and then, like, we're trying to, like, Poor rubbing alcohol and stuff at, I don't know, three in the morning or something because I'm scared that, like, the cat shit is going to get into my brain and contaminate my face. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, we, we ended up getting rid of the cat. I took it back to the shelter that we adopted it from. And it probably got euthanized. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel good about that, but I, <laughs> like, we, like, had taken it to the vet to try to see, like, make it stop peeing in the house and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just hated you guys. I don't know. Yeah, I just, I wake up like a diabetes patient, just strange claw marks, like, strange cuts on me that <laughs> I don't remember. Maybe you have I'm sti- probably just sleeping right through the maybe cat, you like, have clawing st- me. Maybe you have stigmata. Maybe. <laughs> Cat mata. <laughs> that doesn't work very well. No. Stick uh, So I went to Disney World as well. Yeah. How was that? Um, so we left at like five in the morning. And approximately, this isn't an exaggeration, between 525 and 530 in the morning, mm-hmm. I hear a sudden scream from the back of the car. Just a horrendous, like my face just got ripped off scream. Mm-hmm. So my, I'm trying to drive, and my wife looks back and lets out another, holy shit, there's a child with his face ripped off scream <laughs> as I'm trying to drive down the highway. So I turn for the ever briefest of moments and realize my eight-year-old's nose has exploded and is spewing blood everywhere because the four-year-old chucked a book at his face less than a half hour into a 16-hour car ride. So... Four cats and two kids. <laughs> so I'm yelling at my wife because she's overreacting to the point where I'm trying to figure out like there's a moment when I'm like, do I need to pull over? Is one of them choking to death or what? And I'm so I'm trying to simultaneously watch in the, the rear view mirror to make sure he's getting taken care of. And after a few minutes, he's crying and stuff and He's saying his nose is broken. We're saying it's not, but also not sure that his nose isn't broken. <laughs> if I'm going to be completely honest right now. Like, does it look like a lightning bolt? Well, here's the thing. We didn't get the chance to look at it because he's refusing to take any the the, the tissues. And, and uh, we had a bunch of we bought brought baby butt wipes. Um, if you do ever have kids. Uh, butt wipes are the perfect thing for everything, especially for car rides. Yeah. Like as an adult, like you eat Cheetos. Mm hmm. Butt wipes. Anyway, so so he's got a whole bunch of those pressed against his face, right? I keep bumping the microphone. I'm not used to podcasting. (laughs) You're just flailing your arm. Like to me, it looked like to me it looked like you leaned back and then just (laughs) just from the bottom up just bitch slapped the mic. That's what it looked like. I'm crying and my new glasses are fogging up. (laughs) So, uh, so we finally convince him to, and my wife is un buckled at this point and sitting facing the wrong way in 
the vehicle facing the back with her knees in, in the passenger seat, right? So that if I do get into an accident, she is flying straight through that windshield butt first, right? Yeah. So I'm able to see that it's happening at this point. So luckily I don't panic when my son pulls it down and it's exactly what you would expect. It's gr- it's a bunch of blood and snot, which is exactly what you would expect, right? Mm-hmm. My wife, however, reacts with the scream that would be reserved for his face is being peeled off yet again. Which, you know what? When you're trying to reassure an already pussified eight-year-old that his nose isn't broken is probably not the reaction to have. But yes, she had that reaction, which set him into a spiral of crying again. And we're comforting him, comforting the four-year-old who's upset because he just broke open his brother's face for being a dickhead. That was one half hour into my trip. There's no jokes here. This is just a story. <laughs> um, Sounds like a fun trip. Yeah. All, all in all. How did it end? <laughs> yeah. So the punchline is, is we left a day early because I managed to schedule a trip to Disney World in a hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> so we left a day early and my logic being like, we'll leave a day early. We'll actually leave at night. So like we went to the Magic Kingdom all day and left as it was closing to drive home. The problem with Florida, if you're trying to get out, is there's only one way out, and that's up. Yeah. (laughs) So everyone was fucking trying to get out. It took us 10 hours, not 12 hours, 10 hours, 10 or 12 hours? I don't remember. It doesn't matter. It took us a shitload (laughs) of time. Those numbers are both high and close. Between 10 and 12 just to get to, I'm sorry, through Atlanta. Wow. So our 16-hour drive, 26 hours. That sounds so much fun. It was, and I can't complain about the kids. They were as good as you could ask for for something like that. You know, I mean, yeah. it was just miserable. Um, the you two spent an entire day in a car. Yeah, and it it's sucks. not like we stopped and we couldn't have even have stopped and got a hotel if we wanted to because they were booked. Yeah, but it was it was pretty hellish on the way back. But uh, yeah, so the two things I wanted to talk to you about Disney. There's okay. two things. So one, the first. I'm well aware that the Disney World, the people that are there know Disney, okay? Sure. Uh, obviously, they're going to be there. Whether or not they're from the United States or not, there's tons and tons of people. You heard every language there, which I always enjoy. Like awesome. Because instead of just being one of a thousand white people, right? Mm-hmm. You're just one of a thousand people, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, um, but... Uh, so forget about that part of it, okay? But <laughs> forget about diversity. No, 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 no. Forget okay. about forget about the fact that we're there and the people that are there know what's going on. Mm-hmm. We were watching like a live stage show of Beauty and the Beast. Okay. Okay. So you've got a pretty girl, you've got a monster, you've got a life size teacup and a pot. We all know Beauty and the Beast. Sure. And I was watching this thinking. How weird would it be if you didn't know what was happening? Like, there have had to have been people that come there. There's a Japanese dude, and he's like, what the fuck is wrong with these Americans? The same way as you see Japanese or Chinese, Japanese mostly, TV, and it's just like bonkers ass shit. Mm -hmm. The Beauty and the Beast would be fucking crazy just as well if you didn't see that, if you didn't know what it was, right? I haven't really thought about that way. Like, you, you just assume Japanese, like, yeah, that's just crazy. There's flashing lights and schoolgirls, and then there's yes. a squid somewhere for no reason and an explosion but yeah 
a fucking talking candle and teapot. <laughs> yeah, like I was talking to like this big monstrous beast. <laughs> yeah, that's also weird with no context. Yeah. So so I, that was one. All right. Two, I guess I'll make it three. Uh one and a half. <laughs> I was shocked when I went there. And and again I, I get it. Like I know horror is my thing. Not everybody's into horror. It's it's just something to be into. But what I wasn't prepared for was the number of adults, not only adults, but but peers of mine, like people in their in their 20s and 30s that were there not only on their own because I could see going and enjoying yourself, but were like impassioned about it. Like there was I stood behind two dudes. My son started getting into these enamel pins, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's all the rage. So we're, we're standing there to buy a couple of animal pins and I'm standing behind two dudes and they each spent like 50 to a hundred bucks on, on five or six pins. Yeah. Okay. These two dudes were from France. They work at Disney France and they went on their vacation to Walt Disney world and spent their money to buy pins at Walt Disney world. Like hmm. I, I don't. It's the exact same thing. I get it. But what my point was, like, I wasn't prepared for that. Like, it's the exact same thing as there's people that there's Disney podcast by two 30 year old dudes. Right. Yeah, I'm sure it's the exact same thing. But I wasn't prepared for it. Like, I had assumed that this was going to be a children's thing. It's like a horror convention. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. But but I wasn't prepared for that. Yeah. Um, The second one that I wanted to talk to you about is something that's that I've thought about for years. And I and I really wish that it, like we could have some answers to this. Like I want to get into the economics of it, and I want to get into the scheduling, like the fundamental business practices of some of these things. Okay. And I always thought about it about medieval times, and it's true for a lot of things around Disney. Medieval times, I don't know. It's you know if you've seen Cable Guy, it's it's I think it's mostly Midwestern, but they have to have it in. I mean, there's one we do, we went to one in Florida. Okay. There's one in Canada. So yeah, it's basically just a bunch of knights dress up and play joust and and you eat turkey legs and drink meat and stuff yep it's exactly yeah it's exactly what it sounds like medieval times um so it's a dinner show right so what what always amazes me and i can never figure it out and i have the same feeling on a cruise ship is i try to figure out the like the hr point of this and like the hiring part of hiring somebody at medieval times mm-hmm. and the economics of making it work. And like, it's gotta be relatively hard to cast and hire knights, right? Like at some point a knight like has to come in drunk to work or <laughs> he shows up late too many times or he wants to go on vacation himself. Right. So you have yeah. to have backup nights, but you have to hire them. But then also you have to make it economically sound for them. You have to have, be able to pay them a wage that makes them want to come back and do that job. Right. And the same the same feeling I had watching Beauty and the Beast, right? Like Gaston shows up, right? And he's there for like 3 minutes. I just try to figure out is Gaston also dancing around is he inside of the teacup costume half the time? Is he taking tickets the other 90% of the time that he's not on stage throughout his day because Disney has to make it, they're not going to pay him 30 grand a year to show up on stage four times a day for two minutes right but he's probably also the Gaston that like goes out and 
is around the park and things like that. Right. But that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to figure out in right. my mind how those work. The, the, when you're on a cruise ship, right? If there's a, there's a, the person that, that does acrobatics, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, are they also, or they do ma- magic? Are they also the person that is giving you the lessons on where the, how to use your, your safety flotation device? Like, no, they're not. Are you they're sure? hired? They're, yeah, you get hired as the performer. Just like I, well, okay. So let me count. Can I? Yeah. Start countering a couple of points. You said you have to pay them a wage to do that. Obviously, you do. But I think that a lot of them, you know, medieval times, Disney, whatever, like they will give you a discount because it's something that they really want to do. Are you aware of the big problem with pilots? In their employment status, like most pilots live well below the poverty line. Hmm. Have you heard this? Mm-mm. And the reason being is because if you want to be a pilot, you want to be a pilot. Yeah. So you will be a pilot for 20 grand a year. However, most people that drive a garbage truck are going to make 50 or $60,000 a year because people don't want to be garbage men. They will right. be a garbage man because it will pay enough to justify that job. So mm-hmm. I think you're onto something. Yeah. Um, and that's true. I'm just, it amazes me like the logist logistics is the wrong word, but the, the human logistics, if that makes any sense. But you of, saw, you saw like the mass of people and them buying the, the pins and $10 Mickey mouse ears and all that stuff. They're making money hand over fist. They can afford to, to pay, bells and backup bells and all that and they're also notorious for their bad employment practices yeah like mistreating but that's my point employees and if like that's that. the case shouldn't they be like gaston you don't have to go on for another hour and 15 minutes go wash these dishes like that's what i'm trying to figure out is what gaston's day looks like if we have gaston as a listener will you please email us <laughs> sure let me know <laughs> Let me know because this is this is puzzling. Drop, drop a comment on the episode. This is puzzling to me. Um, but I, I'm a software developer, and if they don't have anything for me to do, they're not going to be like, I don't know, go clean the warehouse. They'll just be like, well, we don't have anything for you to de- develop software wise. So they're going to just have you sit there. I mean, I, they'd probably just send me home. That seems odd. You're hired to do a job. I don't know. I think retail is the only real different where it's like you do everything, you know? If you're running a department or you're running a whole store or something. I guess food service industry is a lot like that. Yeah. Uh, But I don't know. I think most... I would... If I, if I was in charge of Disney, I would turn that place inside out. If I got hired, right? And they're like, I'm like, you have Gaston? He works for 30 hours a day or 30 minutes a day. And you're paying him how much? Have him wash some fucking dishes. What are you <laughs> doing? I think you'd have, have a him- shortage of Gaston. <laughs> <laughs> they're performers. You could find a Gaston anywhere. Throw a... <laughs> now you're starting to sound like my boss's boss. Throw a fucking... <laughs> A black wig on some good-looking dude. You got a Gaston. <laughs> you definitely sound like my boss's boss. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah. Okay. Ready to dive into this? 
What's the record for shortest episodes we've had? You know what? <laughs> I had thought do you have more Disney World <laughs> stuff you want to do for the time? I had thought about like sitting down with you and being like, hey, so what did you think? They both sucked, right? Yeah, they sucked. All right, let's go. Like, And just having like a 20-second episode. <laughs> That's hilarious that we both had the same thought. <laughs> uh, All right, you ready to synopsis? Yes. Here we go. I've been working on this. I think it's very succinct. Mm-hmm. Very to the point. You ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that could be your thoughts. I don't think that's a synopsis. That's what happens. Watch the movie. That's exactly what happens. Okay. Eli Roth is like, hey, what's up? I'm Grim. And he just takes a shit. And then you watch him push this shit out for 92 minutes. Uh, so I would translate that as a group of douchebags go to a cabin in which they are infected with a flesh-eating bacteria. Right? Yeah. Uh, do I need to ask your overall thoughts? <laughs> I will tell you, here's this. When credits rolled for Cabin Fever, mm-hmm. my thoughts about Cabin Fever were this is the worst movie we've ever watched for this podcast. Mm-hmm. Having watched the remake, <laughs> it's a little, it's slightly better than that. <laughs> so Cabin Fever kind of mark marks is a milestone for me okay. in one way. So I'd seen it like right when it came out and I don't think I thought much of it. Okay. Um, and then... I, when I was really knee deep into going, so every convention I could go to, every reunion that they would have, I was getting posters for, for everything. I mean, anything that I was remotely, right? So I saw, I'm like, oh, the Cabin Fever, the whole cast is going to be there. I'm going to get a poster for Cabin Fever, everything. Let me, I'm going to revisit it to make sure I'm going. I, no, no, I knew I was going to. I revisited it to get myself stoked so that I could see what quote I wanted or whatever. you know, you remember, you don't remember it. But you don't remember it being bad. I have a disease where uh, every movie that I watch turns better over time. My wife is the exact opposite, where she turns everything to shit over time. But I tend to remember the high the highlights, right? So even things that we didn't necessarily like, it's alive. The remake I didn't really like, but what I remember are the things that did stick out, you know, that I enjoyed, and I think sure. that's probably a good thing. So I rewatched Cabin Fever. 10 years ago, mm-hmm. eight years ago. And that was the first one I was like, maybe I don't need a poster of this. <laughs> the whole cast is going to be there, but I think I like my $100 better than I like this poster. Mm-hmm. It was a milestone for me. Nice. <laughs> like that was, I think that was like literally the exact same convention where I was like, yeah, I need a Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 poster. And I got a bunch of people to sign that. <laughs> Which I watched st- that. Too. I still, I did. Uh-oh. I still stand by that decision. In that, if I'm going to choose one, I yeah. definitely need to be doing Of the two, you made the better choice. <laughs> yes, I will sure. say that. Um, so, this was the like the first like big thing that I opted not to get a poster for. Um, so, so we open a group of douchebags driving in a car, right? Mm-hmm. And well, we open with the uh, Henry. Oh yeah, Henry finds is the dog's name pan- supposed to be Pancakes in the original? No. Okay. So I thought, because when the remake, the dog's name is Pancakes, the kid screams Pancakes before he 
spoiler alert, he karate kicks his way over to biting him. This <laughs> <laughs> is the only point in the movie that brought me any joy. Is him karate kicking his way over so, to bite his hand. Fun fact, the one moment that brought you joy was not scripted by Eli Roth. That kid was practicing those moves like on set. Uh-huh. Like he, he was just a black belt. Like he was hired to just do the role. Yeah. And then Eli Roth was like, you're a black belt? Holy shit, do that on camera. So he, Eli Roth didn't even write that shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird that the best part of an Eli Roth movie wasn't in his script. Shocking. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so... What was my original point? You were talking about Henry. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, the dog... The dog's dead. And... Uh, then he starts getting sick. Or we we don't see it. It's yeah. a ra- random dude gets sick. Henry. Then we get to douchebags in the car. And, ev- again, every single one of the people that Eli Roth writes are douchebags, right? Yeah. They're just, they're, they're all, they're terrible people. Even Boy Meets World is a good guy. He's supposed to be a good guy, but we'll talk about some <laughs> more things later. later. We'll talk about some things later. He's not a good guy. So he's supposed to be our good guy, but also he, he, he so his name is Ryder Strong. He's Sean from Boy Meets World, right? Mm-hmm. So they, they're just being douchebaggy in the car. They stop at a roadside thing. And this is the quality of writing you get from Eli Roth. This is our our likable one. He sits down next to a kid that obviously has some sort of emotional or developmental problem. Mm-hmm. And he tries to shake his hand. And the quote is put her there sport. And then he doesn't answer. And he says, what's the matter? Cat got your tongue. Both of those things are not things that human beings say. Those are things that robe that, that aliens that have come from another planet think that people say, because they've seen other people say them in other things. People didn't know how they talk. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like he wrote f- from a manual. You know, I don't... And then, yeah, the, the kid bites him and he's like, well, there's a stream out back. If you want to clean that up, you, you're, you don't have any indoor plumbing. And well, Eli Roth all? doesn't know how plumbing works. We've, we can, <laughs> we'll talk. That's a note that I have here because I went to read my notes before we started, and it literally says Eli Roth, Eli Roth isn't a plumber. And I was like, what the fuck does it? Oh, I know what that means. <laughs> so, no, he doesn't know how indoor plumbing works. I guess works. it's true. Um, but, but also, why would both the man that own, that works at the gas station and the teenager think that rinsing it off in the stream is a great idea? Yeah. And then two dogs show up. And he's like, hey, what's up, dogs? And then the, nothing ever happens no, again. No, they're just two dogs show. Like, were they like brought onto set and they just happened to get in front of the camera? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like, so they they go inside and have a stupid conversation with people inside of the 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 convenience store about, gas station about fox urine. And this is the moment when I was like, my my. I, there's like an epiphany and I was like, I feel like I owe Eli Roth an apology because there is one fantastic person in this movie. I love him so much. I want to see a movie centered around the Santa Claus at the convenience store. Did you stay till after the credits? I did. So I loved him so very much. So it's a Santa Claus looking dude with like this heavy lisp 
uh, and he's so charming, and you love him. He's the gayest redneck you'll ever meet. I love him so much. It reminded me, there's a documentary about Santa Clauses with Mick Foley in it. Have you seen this? Uh, I I feel like I've seen not seen the actual thing, but I've seen... The, so, it's a documentary it's about Santa Claus, like guys that play Santa Claus. And uh, one of them is a gay guy, and he talks about, like, when he was growing up and everything and like he heard like he it sounded the way he talked he was like 15 and he found out that it's possible that men like other men and he was like holy shit that's me like and he had this epiphany right Mm -hmm. but he's he's a santa claus but he also is like a gay model but he looks like a santa claus right so like in the documentary they show him uh like posing for a photo shoot like he looks exactly like this dude from cabin fever and he's like laying in like a cow trough like with big boots and stuff <laughs> like this 60 year old guy that looks like Santa Claus, like being sexy laying in a thing. And I'm like, good for you, dude. Like I'm, <laughs> he's so charming. I loved him, but uh, that's what this guy reminded me of. But anyway, we'll talk more about this in a little bit, but I genuinely was like, this guy is super entertaining and I loved him genuinely zero irony. But then he's I, I out like, of the but then like, he's out of the movie. Yeah. And we go outside and the kid screams pancakes a bunch of times and does a bunch of karate moves. No, that, that's later. Is it? That's when Bert's sick. Oh. That's way later. That's the end of the movie. Fuck. I'm sorry, yeah. I was trying to get there. I can tell you don't like a movie when you immediately <laughs> say the thing happens at the end. I'm like, no, not yet. <laughs> uh right, if we're gonna go through it, let's go through it. Yeah, go ahead. Weirdest sex scene and that we've ever watched. Okay. Definitely. Uh, I I I don't think Eli Roth had ever had sex, or knew what sex was when watching when doing these. Uh, cause just like oh yeah, they're teenagers. They would totally love getting pegged or whatever. I don't know. It's just not a thing you see on on film much. You're like not in your head, but. You want to remain silent. I don't. I don't have anything to add. It's just. I think it's supposed to be a funny. Look how crazy we are in all these positions. Sex scenes. So this movie was made in two thousand two, right? Yes. And how many times do they throw around the word "gay" and "retard"? Oh yeah, it's awful. Constantly. It's in one like they say both in in one sentence. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't know if that's where you were going, it's but not, I, but, but it was a, it was a note that it was a, it was a point that I had to make. Yeah, that it was abrasive. To, but but we've said before that our generation's kind of the last one that used those two words. Sure. Right. And this was made the year we graduate, mm-hmm. um, or it was released. It was probably filmed a couple of years before that. So I don't. I think it might be. We might have to give them a pass on that. In that this might just be more of a product of the time because this is 15 years ago, 17 years ago that it would have been filmed. And sure. I think at that time, in 2000, we were probably using those words a lot more than we do now. Okay. That's, I don't know. It still doesn't, it's still abrasive. It's still I'm not hard saying, to hear. I'm not saying that's not true. I'm saying that I, it, it it's the same way that when you read Tom Sawyer, they're dropping the N-bomb. I mean, they dropped the N-bomb in this a couple times. Uh, it's different. Is it? Yeah. No, it's not. I think it is. It's this has a payoff. A bad one. 
Anyway, go ahead. Like, no, the, it doesn't have a payoff. It has an excuse. Like, oh, aren't I cheeky for using that word? <laughs> Look, actual black folk. <laughs> like, no. No. Anyway. It's Eli Roth wanting to use a word and then trying to come up with an excuse for using it. Uh, It, it worked. Quentin Tarantino's his friend now. <laughs> I guess. That's what we need to do. We just need to start dropping N-bombs all over and then Tarantino will befriend us. Sure. Uh, at, at one point I was like, what the fuck? Eli Roth gave himself two cameos. Did you notice that? Yeah. I what? thought so too. Did you did you look into it? I did. Yeah. yeah. So he like just some terrible scene in which he's supposed to have a severed head, but it's obviously just like somebody smiling and then yeah. they just are cut off below. You kind of see his neck. <laughs> And then you see him show up again as the like the king of the douchebags. Yeah, <laughs> like he even has a soul patch. That's how king of douchebaggy he is. He's and a I was skateboarder. Like, what the fuck? He put himself twice in this fucking movie. Are you serious? <laughs> and then I looked, and it's his one, one I, of them is his brother. I made a note that was like, does Eli Roth play every character in this movie? <laughs> and then I looked on IMDb and I, I erased it. Yeah, <laughs> mine's actually written in pen, so I couldn't. I went two cameos. <laughs> Never mind. No. <laughs> uh, Bert's shirt says something and then it has a date of June something 04. I got nothing for you. But this was made in 2002, released in 2002, 2003. What? I got nothing for you. I just found it weird. Was he planning on releasing it in 04? I got nothing and for like, you. I don't know. I don't know. Stop saying I got nothing for you. Sorry. <laughs> uh so so there's just kids at a cabin being douchey. Right. My next note is, I know this is shocking, but all these characters suck. <laughs> uh, the the moment that I have, the big moment that I decided that our, our, our likable guy is not a likable guy, is he sleep creeps on a chick. You mean when he rapes that girl? Yes. <laughs> the part where the character we're supposed to identify with rapes a girl? <laughs> Yeah, I also <laughs> fell out of love with the character at that point too. But but the film doesn't. He's still our guy. Like yeah. according to the movie, we're still like, oh, that Sean. He was always the it's one. It's not. It's not. I just like, dude. Bert doesn't bust in. Like you just totally raped that chick. It's she has a disease. <laughs> like he rapes her, and then she literally becomes an outcast. It is. It is literally. If if Eli Roth has metaphors in his movies at all, which I don't give him enough credit to, <laughs> then this is the perfect one. Because she gets raped, and then she's literally separated from the group. <laughs> it's the <laughs> It's the one thing that might possibly be good writing but it's not <laughs> because he didn't mean it that way yeah and even when i talked about the the pancakes and and the karate that doesn't happen yet mm-hmm. it sounds to say it it's like this is a crazy zany kooky move no this is just a bad movie don't awful. don't don't misinterpret what we're no. talking about here with the laughter we're making ourselves laugh right <laughs> this is not this is not extra which this, we're laughing with like that we're enjoying it. They talk about her on the campfire, like, oh, trauma like brings people together. They're like, no, not you have to experience the trauma together. We experienced the trauma <laughs> of these two movies together, yeah. and that's why 
we have shared in this experience. It is. And, and we can laugh because it's the only thing that'll hold back the tears. Uh, um so we haven't even really talked. So so the idea is that that there's a flesh eating bacteria, right? Mm-hmm. So the girl uh starts to fall apart. She gets sho- shoved outside, right? Right. Um it, if I don't even know I I was getting ready to reference the blonde-haired guy or the white-haired guy as like the douchiest. I yeah. think they're all competing for that title. Yeah, they're all they're all awful. They're all terrible people. Bert is the most likable person, and he shoots a guy and then throws him out and uh, helps to light him on fire. And he's the most likable person in this movie. But he's also, like, tries to be the goofy, funny one, but he's fucking obnoxious. Yeah. Like, he's that guy. Mm-hmm. I did like that he was out there hunting squirrels like an idiot. Yeah. That was funny. Uh, I don't know. Uh... I remember so the iconic moment of this movie is the girls in the shot in the bathtub shaving. Right. Which so she's shaving and she's peeling back and in my mind I remembered it being a lot better. Like I remembered the skin being pulled back and cut as she pulled. That's not at all what happened. They just had makeup and they put shaving cream on it and they wiped off the shaving cream. Okay, I wouldn't know because it's the one part where I, I close my eyes like a pussy. Yeah. Which I wouldn't have if it wasn't the DVD thing. If it wasn't the DVD menu. Oh, it was the menu. So when I saw her shaving her legs, I was like, I know what's happening. Nope. <laughs> not going to watch that happen. I'm not going to watch her slough off her skin. Um, but we didn't see that. We just watched her wipe it away. Okay. My, my point is, is like, I remembered it being <laughs> better. Um, so the group sorts of starts to turn on itself, right? Right. Um, blonde haired guy runs away. Uh, we we didn't talk about the whole inciting incident, which is homeless guy shows up, and they light him on fire, and he runs off. Yes, and like sprays blood all over their car. Right. Yeah. And we didn't talk about Winston at all, which I hated Winston. I thought he was the worst character in this whole movie. Uh huh. Until I saw Winston in the next movie, <laughs> and it made, made him like lovable. <laughs> like, oh, I miss old Winston. So. <laughs> He was kind of fun. It's like when you're in an abusive relationship and then you move to the next relationship and you get abused way worse. And you're like, at least he didn't hit me in the face. (laughs) He didn't leave. He only bruised me where my clothes are. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So so Winston, who you're referencing, is uh, a deputy, a police officer of some sort that is written... Again, this is written by a 12-year-old's version of what they think a college student would be like, mm-hmm. asking about where a party is located. Yeah. This is, is this is written if you were to distill the DNA of the character, the character that Andrew WK pretends to be. <laughs> okay. If you distilled that, fermented it in grain alcohol and then injected it into your inbred cat. Mm-hmm. And take that brain and put it into a man. That would be Winston. Okay, it's a lot of steps. Yeah, I mean that seems. I mean, it's easier to just grow a hillbilly and give him weed and <laughs> booze. Uh, but he just constantly asks about parties. Yeah, and it's party terrible. man, <laughs> and it's terrible. It's just awful. Yeah. 
I don't even remember who how it happens. Bird ends up with a, in a in a car and he hits a deer. I mean, he hits his stuff. No, Bert, he no. hits a taxidermy deer. That's Paul. Somebody ends okay. up hitting the fakest deer in the world. Okay, yes, but you've skipped the part where Paul needs to look at every dead body's face. So he goes off and he finds the homeless man. Paul is the blonde guy. Paul is, is Boy Meets World. Okay, so. He finds homeless guy dead in the reservoir. And, <laughs> and decides to poke him with a stick to see so what he looks like, like. Oh, here's a stick. I'm going to climb down this ladder and turn it over to verify that it is our homeless guy. <laughs> but I can tell that he's burned and I don't know what about his face is going to make me think that I could I could determine that it is our homeless guy. Considering I saw him for about eight seconds before mm-hmm. I lit him on fire. <laughs> But I'm going to turn him over so I can see his face. And then I'm going to fall into him when the ladder definitely breaks. And then he goes back to the cabin and uh, sees Karen. The, the The dog eats uh, Marcy and it's attacking Karen. He shoots the dog. And then he goes, he has to look at Karen's face. He just needs to look at dead body faces. This is also the moment when I realized Eli Roth doesn't know how plumbing works. Because reservoirs don't just pump it directly from an open body of water directly to someone's tap water. I think the point of reservoirs, especially in that area, is they they do go into the water supply. Yeah, it literally showed you the pipe going straight That's to true. that house. It does show you it the pipe liter- going right like, to the house. <laughs> And okay. let's pretend. Sorry, I tried to give him a little bit of credit. Let's pretend that even it does that. They don't lay pipe on the t- on the ground and run it a hundred feet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> Everything about this sucks. <laughs> you're like, oh, at least I had the plumbing right. Nope. Uh, uh, the. So finally, they get to the worst deer ever, right? Can we just talk about this deer? Yeah, it's it's the worst. It's literally a stuffed animal or a taxidermied animal that they like throw on the ground. Like they didn't even have like a hero one to shoot the close ups. No, like it looked bad. And <laughs> karate kick and hating the deer with the deer leg flopping. Those are the two bright spots in this movie for me. <laughs> the the fact that the deer is just like flapping all like it got hit and its hooves are even just... that didn't look that terrible though but then there's a moment when they just literally dropped the deer on its side yeah. <laughs> and its legs are just straight out stiff in front of it mm-hmm. and it gets dropped on its side right what's that bag is that for later yeah oh okay it's just weird you have like a harvest bag or something it's bizarre it's from trader joe's it's from california <laughs> it's weird it's my souvenir it's distracted me um so at this point, I'm thinking: is is Boy Meets World? Is he is he immune? Because he has fallen on the dead body. He has taken care of Karen mm-hmm. and been he around. Fin- he fingered the girl's woo- leg wound. He was there when Bert got shot in the face, which we didn't talk about. But Bert gets shot in the face after pancakes. Dennis bites him. The the the, the he rounds up the good old boys and they try to hunt him down. Yep. And Boy Meets World kills them. Uh, 
So then he seems immune, and then he f- comes upon Winston and just a bunch of teenagers drinking. And so then over the police radio, then he starts coughing. So you know, okay, he's sick. Yes. But then over the police radio, the sheriff has to do the backstory of the scene <laughs> and then the plot going forward, which this should be the end of the movie. Like, the movie should end somewhere about here. Instead, uh, it just keeps dragging on. Before we get into the movie dragging on, uh-huh. I just came to realization when you talked about him coughing right there yeah, for the first time. Yeah. Remember during Green Inferno, I said it felt like this is Eli Roth's first draft and he, and he never went back. Mm-hmm. By the way, I said first draft. You also said member instead of remember. <laughs> anyway, so that's exactly what I feel like is happening here again. It's like he's writing, he's writing, oh shit, I need to establish that he's sick. I never did that. Cough, cough. Yeah. And instead of going back and having him cough at all previously, mm-hmm. it's exactly the same thing. My note at this point in the movie is, why is this movie not over yet? <laughs> That's three minutes in. It's your timestamp. <laughs> uh, so, so he's supposed to get shot on sight because the teenagers were killing folk and they all got disease and they're supposed to be shot on sight. Yes. But Winston left his gun in his car. That's kind of charming. It's a little bit charming okay. that he's dumb. He was too busy drinking with teenagers. So then... I think that could be a charming moment for a character. (laughs) If that was like the first time that you'd seen him, like he's maybe a rough and tumble guy, like I'm going to take care of you or something. And then you see him like being nice to teenagers. But this guy, his sole character is that he likes to party. Yeah. I thought it was charming that he left his gun in his car. Like if that was Morgan Freeman in Seven that was like had walked up and then he's drinking a beer with, that would be charming. <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> or Kevin Spacey in Seven. <laughs> hey, got no fingerprints, but can I slam a beer with you guys? <laughs> What's in the box? Uh, so then... Yeah, he's supposed to be shot on sight. Gun isn't there. So one of the teenagers takes a swing at him with a guitar, which he ducks. <laughs> fuck this. And it hits another, so fuck another this. teenager in the face. Who wait, wait, to be wait, wait, wait. Stop, harm. stop. We, we need to stop here. Before you get to that part, let's okay. slow this down. They do the cartoon thing where you swing something, anything, doesn't mm-hmm. matter what it is, yeah. and someone ducks, yeah. and it hits someone else. It's wrestling. That, that is, it. yeah, that's wrestling. Yeah. It's in a movie. Yeah. A, that is what Jeff Jarrett built his career on, is <laughs> <laughs> swinging a guitar and someone else ducks, <laughs> and it hits, his, it hits whoever he's trying to protect or this whatever. This is in a movie. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I didn't want to fly past that. Because that in and of itself is awful. Yeah. Awful. But wait, it gets better. It hits the other teenager who just happened to be playing the harmonica. At least he's and- going to react in a physically possible manner, right? No, because I didn't even realize that he was holding the harmonica. I rewound it like five times to figure out what happened. Yeah. So just he collapses and is like breathing harmonica notes. And that's the only thing we know. No. No. So somehow he got slammed no, in the head. That's not true. If you watch it, 
you can see the harmonica bulging out in the middle of his neck where where it is not only went down his throat, but it went down his throat horizontal. So now in his throat, it somehow went horizontal. So it is wider than his jaw. But went down his. I just. I'm knocking over computer things. <laughs> You're I'm so getting, angry right getting now. Getting so mad. It's literally like a cartoon where you can see it jutting out, like like Frankenstein. Right? He's got it jutting out on each side. That's how fucking impossible that is. I had to rewind it like four times to make sure I was seeing it. Right. Fuck that. Because it's not even like this movie establishes that there's things like that can happen. If you make this the movie fantastical or whatever you could but in reality nothing in this movie couldn't happen sure other than that one thing yeah it's mostly realistic (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know what i mean yeah it's like it's like devil's candy you take out the devil and i believe that shit could happen yeah take out the harmonica (laughs) sure the shit could happen We need to make a fan edit, and then it'll be a masterpiece. Just remove that one harmonic. This will be our Topher Grace, where we take uh, Cabin Fever. I'm sh- I hope we don't watch Cabin Fever 2 at any point, and the remake, and mash them all together into one cut. Like what did Topher Grace do? The prequels. Star Wars prequels. Oh, really? Apparently, he re-edited them into one cut, and it actually is decent. I haven't seen it, though. That would be cool. Uh, there was one... I don't know if this is going to translate. I try not to tell cute stories about my kids. Okay. And this is less of a cute story about my kid and more as a compliment to an actor. I like the cute stories where you get cramped and you <laughs> say, Daddy's not playing. Daddy's not playing. So like the very Daddy first hurt. the very first thing we did, which by the way, at Disney, we had like no weight on anything almost. It was pretty awesome. That's cool. Um, when you go during a natural disaster, it's awesome. Yeah. So, like, as soon as we got there, we went to, like, one of the very first things we could get to, and it was, like, a Star Wars ride or something. And I asked the guy as I went in, like, hey, am I going to am I gonna fit on this? Am I going to be cool? Because I, I had no idea, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, you're fine. You're a fucking moron. You're fine. Because it wasn't a ride. It was like you got to meet Chewie. <laughs> He's like, can you fit through the building? Yeah. I think you'll be fine. <laughs> so... Which we didn't really just we did <laughs> we didn't really we didn't really want to meet Chewie, but there was like no line, and we were already kind of going that direction, right? And my kids don't know who Chewie is, but it was a pretty awesome suit. I have to compliment it. It was it was really cool. We had no line, so we got our picture taken and stuff, right? And just the way that it was laid out, that progressed. You got to take a picture with the uh, I haven't seen it. Who's the new Darth Vader, the bad guy? Kylo Ren. Yes. So him. So we get there, and my four-year-old is scared because this is obviously a bad guy, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he's the he asks my four-year-old, like, dark side, will you join me, something, mm-hmm. right? To which my four-year-old responds by just cowering behind me and holding onto my leg. And the actor just said, excellent. <laughs> I was like, that's the coolest response ever. <laughs> You're incredible at your job, dude. Like fear leads to anger, uh, anger leads to hate, and hate leads to self. It was it was pretty great. Like that, he reacted like that. Like he totally stayed within character. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was really impressive. That's cool. I, uh, I have a, I have a question about your your trip. Mm-hmm. Did they give your kids those little bracelets that let them just pay for anything? Um, we all had those, but I could choose who could use them. Okay, and you had to have a pin. That's so cool. 
I totally could have done it with any of them, but my wife and I were the only ones that did it. And we only did it on one thing for like four bucks. Yeah. Like we did Disney about as economical as I think you could have. Like I was pretty happy. Really? With. You did? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> this is brilliant memory making thing for your kids. And you did it cheap. <laughs> Do tell. Fuck you. <laughs> no, in all seriousness though, like I don't even think from a from a cheap point or whatever, but you can there was oh shit, I didn't talk about this. Oh shit. I made one financial misstep kind of during this thing. Okay. Um, so I booked a, a meal each day that we went to the parks. Like they told you book them out far in advance or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And they had, you, you saw the prices on the website from one to five dollar signs. Sure. And I booked all of them at like the $2 sign. Okay. Um, because you can buy like high class meals and stuff there. Right. And mm-hmm. I didn't think that's what, it's not the food that my kids are going to want. We're right. not, we're going to be hot. It's not the thing to do, but I expected to spend more than we normally would 15, $20 a plate or whatever. I bought, I had budgeted like a hundred dollars or so after tip and everything for a meal, sure. knowing that that was high. So the other times when we went, it was like $50, $60 a meal, which is fine. We got to Cinderella's Crystal Palace. And I shit my pants when I saw that it was a buffet, $27 a plate for the kids and $45 for the adults. <laughs> so we went and had a $153 meal. <laughs> and... They ate chicken wings and macaroni and cheese, <laughs> which is the same thing that the day before I had paid $9 a plate that I just paid $27 a plate. I mean, they have you trapped there. That's yeah. that's that's what they do. That's what you can do. Yeah. No, no, no. I said it was my my mistake because right. there's other things you could do. Like we had done 50 and $60 meals. That was my mistake. Right. You, you know, and uh but yeah, it was just like, God damn it. I think this might be the most expensive meal that I've ever that I've ever paid for. And we like it was not good. Mm-hmm. It was not good. <laughs> Here's another question. Did you get all you could eat steak for that price? No. I, I don't know. There wasn't steak. Um, when, when you have that situation, mm-hmm. what do you tip on? Because it wasn't just it was one hundred fifty three dollars for that. And like Winnie the Pooh and stuff walked around. Sure. Because basically, at its core, this is a buffet. This mm-hmm. is a twelve dollar buffet, right? That they're charging forty five dollars for. Yeah. Also, at like that, we went to a pirates dinner show. We went to a medieval times thing, right? Two hundred and fifty dollars for the family for this medieval times show. Sure. And they had the suggested tip based off that two hundred and fifty dollars for the waiter or waitress. Mm-hmm. Does that sound legit to you? That I am not paying. $250 for the food that I am buying right here. I am paying $250 for everything. If I go see a band and it costs me $100 for the ticket and then I buy a $5 drink, I'm not paying for $105 worth of food for that tip. But here's the thing. All right. You're in luck. We had this exact almost discussion at work today based off of uh, going to like uh, Hibachi Grill Okay. And, you know, like a Benihana or type thing yeah, where you're, you're, you get a show 
with your food. Okay. So, <clears throat> if they suggest that you tip off of there, I am guessing that the tip doesn't just go to your server. The tip goes to a lot of other points. That is possible. So, that's why they say tip off of that, and then it'll get shared around. And so, yeah, I, I would. But they also don't. But the buffet is different. The, like, pirate meal is one thing. Mm-hmm. If I, I knew the part of it was going to the pirates. That's fair. But the buffet, I would probably put down, like, ten bucks. Maybe five. Okay. Because, you know, you know, depending on how. Because it, it, yes, it was $150. But it was also just a fucking buffet. You know, she took yeah. our empty stuff. I didn't. I didn't tip the twenty seven dollars that it told me to. Right. I think I left her like six bucks. Yeah. You know, which yes might be a quarter of what they said, but I'm I'm gauging this on what it was worth to me. Right. <laughs> That's what they're saying. But here's the other thing: like at the pirates dinner thing, they gave us they put a card saying like, your this is how your server is is paid or whatever. You know what I mean? Like had they said this is distributed, this is a way to show your appreciation for all the performers or something. I might have been more prone to do it. I didn't. Yeah. Um, and again, I think I left like $10 because, yeah. you know, if we all would have sat as a meal. But uh, so you might a, const- that, that might be construed as me being cheap. But like fundamentally, I don't. I don't. Right. It doesn't. I, it, and tipping is a completely American thing. And it's made up and stupid. Like. It is, right? Tip, tipping is really stupid. Well, I mean, I, we exist in. Um, don't get me wrong. I tip and I tip well because I live in the United States and everything is based around this. But the whole tipping culture is is ridiculous. The fact that we can pay people two to four dollars an hour and then that's how they get away with it because you know they make a few bucks in tips. Well, but the thing for it's me ridiculous. is is that it's an assumption as opposed to like somebody going out of their way to do something. And I realize we're kind of recreated the Reservoir Dogs conversation, but I'm not I'm not saying outright I don't. But it's more like when I see somebody actually try, like my son uh, is has a hard time staying still. He might be on the autism spectrum and stuff. Mm-hmm. When he gets his haircut, we go to the same person every time. I usually give her like a 20 and that is for her. So I pay like $12 for the haircut right. and I give her a 20. Mm-hmm. That to me is me showing her I appreciate you. Right. I appreciate what you're doing. I'm paying mm-hmm. the tw- the $10 to pay for your salary and for this, the, for the building and so that they can get their cut. Yeah. But you're the reason why I'm here. Thank you for what you do here is money for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like when I see something like that, I do, I, I've done that before to busboys. Like I see a busboy that's doing a good job and right. I will tip him in addition to the waiter or waitress. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's more like, yeah, I've done that. Like, especially when my kids were real little, like if they make a huge mess all over the floor or something, I would find the bus boy that was going to have to clean it up and I would give him a couple bucks. That's cool. So it's not just that I'm cheap. I think I, I do try to be cheap, yeah. but, but that's, there's more. But those specifically you've worked in a restaurant, you know what it's like. Yeah. You know, it sucks. So, yeah. Um, you know what the best part about this is? Not talking about cabin fever. I know. Because now I'm just thinking about, we have to go back, we have to finish the last fucking 12 endings of this movie. Uh, so that was the last note that I had. What, what, there, I want to go back to something, but but uh, what other 12 endings are there? Uh, well, 
it was way beyond hyperbolic. It only ends about two or three more times. Uh, just it only ends <laughs> only. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not quite Return of the King, but it's definitely not not Return of the King. I just met Sean Astin this past weekend. Cool. Um, I took my younger brother to his first horror convention. Uh-huh. Went to Horror Hound, uh, which is cool because I got to talk to Homemade Horror, Knee High uh, Horror, and uh, Vile Consumption. Like they awesome. were all there, so I got to. So did you? Did you give them some to keep it there? Some cards to keep it there yep. in the booth. Yep. That's awesome. So yeah. marketing that was cool. Uh, so if you're a listener, a new listener from that, awesome, welcome. This is not the episode you should listen to. Oh yeah, I I <laughs> I carpeted. Uh, all the cars with our postcards nice. too. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. There was one that had the car window open and I th- was through one on each seat. <laughs> they had all the windows rolled down a little bit. So I was like, you're getting a bunch. And I just, <laughs> that might, that might be a little overkill. <laughs> uh, um, anyway, so Sean Aston, my brother, yeah. my, my younger brother has some anxiety issues and stuff, right? Like he doesn't like people and things. So, mm-hmm. uh, he didn't really want to talk to Aston. He wasn't really comfortable being in a big group of people or anything. But I knew what I was going to do from the beginning. So as soon as we got up there, I was like, Sean, this is my brother. <laughs> and just threw him into it, right? Yeah. And to Aston's credit, he was awesome. Like, he could kind of tell immediately my brother was uncomfortable. So he was like, oh, have you seen, I see you got a Lord of the Rings thing. Have you watched those? He didn't really get much from my brother. And then he sized him up. And he was like, so what are you into? Are you a gamer? And he got something out of my brother then. And then he started talking to him about these documentaries. He narrated about gaming and stuff. And That's like, awesome. I've, I don't dislike Sean Astin, but to me, he's just an actor, right? Yeah. But like, he won me over and that, like, I didn't even really deal with him. I just handed yeah. him over to my brother and, and, uh, I talked to Astin for, for a bit, but, uh, but he totally won me over That's fucking in, awesome. in that. It really was cool. That I he love was hearing a, stories about that one. Like. You hear all this shit like, oh, you know, this this celebrity's a dick. Or, you know, this celebrity is a total ass muncher. Mm, no. But hearing those little stories about, like, people who go out of their way, like, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, he, he did. He totally could have signed it, and we could have just he kept moving. He was making moving. his $30 or whatever it was. Exactly. Either way. Yep, yep. No, he, he made a point to pull that out of my brother and give my brother something that he wasn't willing to give himself. That's because awesome. he wasn't comfortable. So, uh, if you are at a convention... Sean Aston is is a good way to go. He, I was gonna say he deserves your fifty bucks, which I don't know if I'd go that far. But you know what I mean. If you're on the if you're on the fence, he was he's, he was he's a good. Come on, he was nice to me for fifty dollars. <laughs> What's that? He was Samwell. Oh, Lord of the Rings. He was Rudy. Yeah. My point was, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I feel about hitting someone fifty dollars to sign something, regardless who it is. Uh, but if you're on the fence about it, he, he's a good guy, I think. Um, enough putting this off. So cabin fever. Okay. So where we last left off harmonica, (laughs) uh, so boy meets world knocks out Winston, uh, steals his cop car or no, he, he knocks out Winston and then just walks away. I don't know why, why didn't he steal a car? Because there's no such thing as second drafts in Eli Ross world. What? Mm. <laughs> he knocked out the cops. Steal the cops' car. Go ahead. I just realized that I was mad about this. Uh, so then he walks to the highway and passes out in front of an 18-wheeler, which drops him off at the hospital. 
Well, well, if you didn't do that, then you couldn't get the Texas Chainsaw Massacre homage with the trucker picking him up. Okay. Anyway, a trucker picking you up is an homage? No, I mean, he had the 18-wheeler slam on the brakes, right? That's the same idea. Sure. I'm not going to give him credit for anything. (laughs) (laughs) So he drops over the hospital. Well, if you remember, I gave him credit for one awesome character. Go ahead. Drops over the hospital. And why is this movie still going on? And then he sees a man in a bunny costume. Which, if you look in the credits, is credited as Will we'll Never, Never tell. tell. So, fuck off. <laughs> Just don't put him in the credits. Uh, and then he... Which, that was supposed to be a Shining homage. Is it? With the man in the bear suit? Yeah, I get... Oh, I thought you meant the credit part. No, no, no. Yeah. That's mean the way I thought. It was like, oh, this is a cheap Shining thing. Yeah. For no reason. Uh, but it's not that tone of movie anyway. No. like It's it, not supposed to be a creepy movie. No. It's a movie about a flesh-eating virus and how much it sucks Yeah, to just die out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then he, the cop asks him what's going on, like how he think he got it, whatever, and then he's left alone. Then we cut back to uh, Pete, or whatever the fuck his name was, lawyer, douchebag, Super Troopers. So we cut back to Super Troopers, and he comes out of his hole, and... This is the best line of dialogue. If you just look at the volume of times that it was used, this has to be the best line. Like, he thought this was the best line, because he says it 50 fucking times. Just, I, I fucking made it. Yeah. Right? I fucking just made it. A hundred times. I fucking made it. I fucking made it. And then he gets gunned down. <laughs> Do you think the actor knew they were going to keep all of those? Because he says it a hundred different ways. <laughs> like, it, it looks like the actor was like, they're still rolling. I'm going to keep giving it to him, I guess. Uh, I fucking made it. I fucking made it. Just shock. Happy. I fucking made it. Just. <laughs> <laughs> and they kept every one of them in. Every emotion you could have saying that line. Uh, and then he gets gunned down. He gets gunned down, and they throw him on the everybody on the fire and and light him. And you think, okay, that's the end of the movie. Nope. Then we cut to Winston, who has Boy Meets World in the back of his car, because he's getting transferred to some other hospital. And I guess this was before that. Anyway. <laughs> You're putting more thought into regurgitating this than thought was written. What? Written how does how does it. the real movie actually end? It's with the 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 scene with the back at the with Santa Claus. No, that's the after credits, isn't oh. it? Yeah. Uh, or no, the after, no that does that is the end. You're right. Because then the kids go to the stream. Who they make lemonade from the stream? Yes, but upstream is Boy Meets World. In the stream, yes, but still alive. So and they make lemonade just by pulling water straight from the stream and putting, presumably putting the mix in it, because we we have established that right. there's no indoor plumbing at this place. Exactly, and apparently nowhere in the area. Yeah. So and then, a truck goes by that's like water company, bottled water, and 
then the black people show up and you find that he's not racist he's just lovable he can say it because they're his friends yeah no i thought it was funny i'll give the credit you you gave him credit for like having winston be charming i like that joke and i like that winston was charming the fact that he left his gun in his car was slightly Mm, charming okay uh justin yeah cabin fever my last note here is worst period movie period ever period. <laughs> and I thought that would be my opinion forever. <laughs> so if you remember what I told you what I knew or thought that I knew about Cabin Fever, the remake was they used the exact same script and I couldn't imagine why they would do that. Right. Um, did because they, it's such a great script. It's. <laughs> did they do that? I Yeah. They used the exact same <laughs> Exactly the fuck, almost exactly the same. So pretty much everything. We don't need to go through the whole movie because no, it's pretty much be- exactly the same. But before we even go through it, uh, you wanted you want to do a special episode? Yes. Uh, about books. Yes. So I uh, you had me pick. Yeah. A book, and I picked a book. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. I feel like you're getting ready to fuck me. <laughs> I handed you a book. So it's a comic book? Okay. I have a comic book in front of me. I'm sorry. I've never been on this end before. I didn't know <laughs> what to do. All right. So I've got a comic book. Is it called Why the Last Man? It's called Why the Last Man by okay. Brian K. Vaughn. Okay. Unmanned. Is this... Okay. I, I guess I shouldn't ask questions, right? I just tell you what I think it is. This is why God created comic books. This book blew us away. Uh, it's won a bunch of awards. The cover... Is the is uh, molecule sequencing? It looks like uh, DNA helix, uh, a Morgan Freeman lemur on <laughs> lemur, Morgan Freeman lemur. <laughs> is that a lemur? Okay, it looks like that, Morgan Freeman. That's a capuchin monkey. <laughs> you would know that if you ever watched Friends. Sorry, uh, and a man either at a very awkward angle or with an incredibly large chin and queefed hair queefed uh do you mean quaffed no i know what i meant (laughs) okay and then at the we've got a series of five weird pictures uh looks like there's either sketches or badly drawn tattoos of fabio we had rosie perez and then morgan freeman lemur uh what actually appears to be a photo rather than a drawing of an attractive woman wearing Madonna cone boobs. Something I can't make out. You're going really in depth on the description of this. Uh, I don't, I never get to do this. I'm doing it while I can. I like it. Uh, I have an alien with a tribal tattoo on his nose and an American flag with someone throwing a javelin in front of it. Uh, on the back, uh, drawing of gas mask. I think the same guy with the douche hair in the front and a different style of gas mask. Uh, five more tiny pictures of building DNA helix, sexy mouth, sexy midriff that I don't know if it's male or a female, but it's but sexy. But you do know it's sexy. I can't say that for sure. <laughs> uh, some chains and a blob. I... Uh, so I've been reading a ton. I don't mm-hmm. think other than the Ultimate Warrior comic book, I've ever actually read a comic book. Awesome. So this is kind of uh, a really good choice. So so what do you think you're going to see? 
I I am going to see something along the lines of uh, Jurassic Parkish DNA sequencing and molecular structure things, mm-hmm. uh, surrounded with uh, a sexy midriff uh, that it's going to have sex with this douchey hair guy. Okay. Whether or not it's male or female, this guy goes both ways, so it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Sure. Um, and yeah, so I'm going to say uh, Jurassic Park meets. Uh, a sexy version of the Matrix. Cool. Uh, so what you have there is the first. Uh, I think it's like five or six issues. Okay. Um, but that's not it. Oh, that's not all. Uh, I also have for you this one. Oh, why the last man cycles? So I assume this is continuing it. We have what I think might be the same dude. You're not going to be able to go in depth on. I'm just letting you know. Oh, you have like a shitload of them. I didn't just bring you one oh, issue. Oh, my fucking God. I brought you all ten volumes. Oh, my God. Of Why the Last Man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, okay. Holy shit. But this, it this is, is a comic the, book, though. So they're comic books. Fa- so it is six, it's 60 issues. And it, it's the entire run. And this is maybe my favorite... Maybe my favorite collected work of all time, like, uh, as far as comics go. Is this guy seducing a pig on the back of this? He's seducing a pig. Something. And I think that might be that man's midriff that I thought was sexy. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, this is, it's 60 issues called Why the Last Man by Brian K. Vaughn and, uh, well, who's the artist? Pia Guerra. Uh, it, it is fantastic and it's 60 issues. I think it'll take you about the same amount of time to get through these as it does. It's going to take me to get through 250 pages. Okay. Um, of cows mm-hmm. which i started writing or started reading so uh i just finished the second novel that i've read by that guy mm-hmm. and i fucking loved it nice. it is not at all like cows okay uh i'm so I, i'll keep going you can go back to this okay. it is not at all like cows like the book that i just read is called the empty mile it's basically if breaking bad were a genre it would be breaking bad okay and it was fucking mind-blowing like i loved it it's not. It's nothing matrixy or like what I imagine this is going to be. It's nothing unreal or whatever. But just imagine Breaking Bad genre. Like, mm-hmm. bef- right? I finished it right before you got here, and like I was fighting back crying when I was finishing the book. Thanks. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, why the last man? Brian Cave on. I'm going to recommend you guys go out and read this. I'm sure you recommend go out and read Cows. Uh, I don't know when the episode. It's gonna be we, but we both have to read. Uh, I need to reread this when you're when you're done. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is it is a quick read. I think you'll get through. It'll it'll take you like twenty thirty minutes to get through each book. And there's t- there's only ten of them. Okay, I'm kind of excited about this. This might sound like a dumb question. Okay, how do you read a comic book? Uh, th- so let's just get the logistics out of the way. It is, you know, top to bottom, left to right, mm-hmm. like like a normal uh this isn't manga which reads the opposite didn't know uh, that i'm glad you didn't give you could have given me a manga and then i would have still read it top to bottom left to right (laughs) but the whole book is backwards so you would have been starting at the end (laughs) yeah uh so but is the book is are mangas bound the same or are they bound to the opposite they're generally generally comic books are like they come from the old like newspaper newspaper mm-hmm. newsstands, so they're bigger. Manga generally is about the size of a paperback. Um, 
it's just kind of how they've culturally evolved. But is it bound it? But yeah. I'm saying is it bound the same yeah. way? But you just instead of opening it from the front on the the left, you open it from the front on the right, and you just read it like that. Wow, it's weird. It's different. It takes because uh, you know I got super into comics for a bit. Um, I I want to get back into comics. I got super into comics, so I, then I evolved into to manga, and I I've read a little bit. But I, I certainly don't have a, a, any depth of knowledge in, in manga. But, so, how do you read a comic book? That is, the, the cop-on answers, that's kind of up to you, right? So it'll read super quickly if you just kind of look at the images enough to get a handle of what's going on and mm-hmm. read the speech bubbles and the, uh, the, the square is generally narration. Speech bubbles, obviously are solid and come out of a character. Mm-hmm. Um, thought bubbles generally are separated, but sometimes those are in squares. It all depends on the the letter, what their kind of style is and the style for the book. But uh, I think there are plenty of pages that you'll like look at the art enough to kind of gauge what's going on. But there are some times where you'll just stop on a page and just soak in all that's happening and that's what i really love about comic books is you don't know when you turn the page if it's going to be text heavy image heavy uh and how much time you're going to spend on that page with a book you know okay it takes me about a, a minute to read a, bo- a page or it takes me 30 seconds to read a page or whatever uh and it may be shorter or longer but these you know you don't know how much time you're going to spend soaking in that and I, I enjoy that. That's cool. Yeah, I wasn't expecting this. This is a curveball, and I like yeah. it. That's awesome. I like being on the receiving end. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Maybe next episode, we'll throw you another curveball. Mm. Mm. Cabin fever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's the same script. Okay, so my first note here is, okay, same script, competent director. I'm intrigued. Because you. it starts off... It's well shot. They've yeah. The they people, definitely got their money out of that helicopter, dude. Yeah, <laughs> they rented a helicopter for a day and they shot the shit out of it. Yeah, the people act like people, mm-hmm. not like puppet characters. Mm-hmm. I'm on board. Like whatever. I'm realizing I'm hearing the exact same lines, pretty much. So I know what I'm in for, but I'm intrigued. Yeah. No, I definitely. Uh, I would say even throughout most of it, this was, I don't say enjoyable, but it was very interesting to watch because I've always thought it would be awesome and movies are so expensive to make, it's not going to happen. But I would love for two people simultaneously to get the same script and be told to go make a movie, the same movie. That would be a cool experiment. That would be a super cool experiment, but unfortunately, why? who would finance that when you could get two movies instead of basically right. one? But I would love to see that. And this is about as close as we've gotten, even though he, the director had seen the original. Mm-hmm. But it was still interesting enough to see it interpreted a, a, a different way. Yeah. That'd be really cool. Like, okay, we have the script. Ron Howard, you go make a movie. Mick G, you go make a movie. And it would be completely different. Who's Mick G? I would try to think of the most out there director. He did Terminator Salvation. There's a director. I don't think he's. I don't think he's good at directing. But I just wanted to oh. come up with a dumb name. Oh, there's a director named Mick Garris who I thought you were referencing. Maybe, maybe yeah. he changed his name. I just know when he directed no, Terminator no, Salvation, it was Mick. No, 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 no. Um, 
so yeah, I agree. Like at the beginning, I was like, this feels more like a real movie. Yeah. Like this definitely feels competent. Um, pretty quick, the new Bert like fires an automatic machine gun kind yeah. of at his friends. Yeah. And I wrote, I would not be friends with someone if they almost shot me. No, the, the, I was thinking that time, the whole time I would just be like, you know what? I'm taking this and you don't get this anymore. Yeah. I know it is your property. But if we're going to be here, you don't get to touch this no, anymore. absolutely not. Ever again. No. <laughs> when when we ter- when you drop you off at your house, I will handle it to you as I am driving away. I will throw it out the car window at you. <laughs> Wouldn't it be ironic if it went off and like shot you <laughs> as you did that? <laughs> um, yeah, so, so this was the moment when I was like, ugh, might be, maybe it's just a better cinematographer because... These, this feels like a poor decision. Yeah. Uh, I, I realized pretty early on what they did to the script. And that is, anytime there was a lull, anytime there was any time where someone wasn't talking, they just had somebody talk about video games. And that that's how they, they filled the time. That's why this movie is six minutes longer. Because it's just like, oh, nobody's talking right now. Well, it's Black Ops 2. <laughs> <laughs> Minecraft. <laughs> um. If you remember earlier, I said there was one great character that I really loved in Cabin Fever. Mm -hmm. And watching this movie, I realized there are no good characters in either of these movies. It's one good actor that I really like. Yeah. Because there's the exact same character. He says the exact same lines, but I care nothing about this guy talking about Fox Piss in this movie. Right. And telling him to leave Dennis alone. Because he didn't talk about the Shirley Temple glass he had in that it's, same in that spot. It's there's just no, there's nothing. No that more. was a hundred percent the casting, and I think that's the difference between these two movies. The reason that ultimately I begrudgingly would say that I would prefer the original. I don't like any, with the exception of that guy. I don't even like necessarily the performance necessarily of anybody from the original. But the but the the remake, everyone feels interchangeable and generic yeah the characters like i couldn't tell who was who at the like, beginning i had our time telling the difference between paul and bert like we, we've talked before about like the the matt groaning grinning graining graining like concept of like you want to create a silhouette of someone so you can recognize who they are mm-hmm. you did that with the first movie nobody would be mistook for someone else right, right. you had the blonde haired girl you had the dark haired girl and all three guys look totally different blonde from each guy other. bulkier guy and boy meets world None of them are confusing for one another, right? Right. Think about Psycho Cop. Everybody in that movie was interchangeable. They had to give have the one girl hold a fucking brush so you could tell, right? That's bad casting. Right. Like, you're not just casting the prettiest person or the best person for the role. You have to look at how they're going to be as a group. But they cast three good-looking guys who were all interchangeable. Yes, they were completely interchangeable. Right. They're, they're, they're good-looking guys with darkish hair with, with some facial hair. Right. And it turns... I I feel like that way with every attractive blonde girl in a movie. Mm-hmm. They they all look interchangeable to me. Yeah. Um, that was my biggest thing with this movie. Uh, there are some differences. I guess is probably going to be the way to go to talk about this. All right. Here are differences. Marcy has porn tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like. A lot of them. Yeah. Like every single tattoo you would see on a porn star, like they would have like one of them. She had all of them. Yeah. That's, you're exactly right. <laughs> Henry has one more lines in this one. 
He 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 talks a lot. Yeah. Before he dies. Uh. <laughs> also the, yeah, let's talk about the the pipe shot. They go the pipe from the lake up to the cabin to the water, right? Mm-hmm. And they focus on the water, but they don't show anything why you should be scared about the lake water. Because later they have to have that jump scare of Henry's not actually dead. Which doesn't make any sense because that jump scare, that implies Henry was like underwater. Yeah. Or he was just like floating, just like waiting for someone to show and then jumped up and scared them. Yeah. It doesn't. It's stupid. And and that's where I'm like, is this a better director? I don't know. Like watching it. it I'm not saying better or worse. I said more competent and I stand Uh, by that. Okay. Um. The other the other big difference is there's a moment where I think it's Bert in this movie decides he's going to like mercy kill. No, it's Paul. Somebody decides they're going to mercy kill because he does that in the original. He oh, he has yeah. the he has the rifle and he shoots Karen. Okay. But how does he mercy kill her in this one? He shoots her. And then what? But it, the bullet the guns out of bullets. Mm-hmm. So What's then the he next mercy way to kill someone. He takes a shovel and he's. Dabs her in the chin neck some part. Uh-huh. And then she's just like spewing up blood. Mm-hmm. So she's still alive. So how are we going to mercy kill her now? Is there another way? He lights her, then on, he lights her on fire. fire. Yeah. And then it turns out the safety was just on so that he can murder the hillbillies. And this is still supposed to be the likable one. Like. Uh, at least he didn't fall into the reservoir. God damn it. Uh, Grim, I as fucking as much as I fucking hated Eli Roth in that, I would have taken Eli Roth <laughs> over the. Pro- he's the producer of this movie. Is plays Grim, the producer of this movie, and he's just he's he's not likable. He's not unlikable. He just doesn't know how to act, so he's just not. Uh, he just he just no fun in this movie. This movie is a. a I don't understand why it exists. Like they took a franchise that was 15 years old. It did spawn a couple sequels, but were they just that profitable? Why why would they have not made another sequel? I don't understand. Like people weren't clamoring for this remake. Why wouldn't they just make a remake? Why why do they have to hand off the exact same script? I don't get it. I don't I don't have answers, man. It's I the weirdest it's is, the weirdest thing, right? I thought this was I think this is Travis Z's first actual yes, movie. Yes, it is. Yep. So maybe he Eli Roth was just doing him a favor. Maybe he, you know, it's like, hey, I'm they Eminem. You're gonna be fi- they I'm actually... gonna be. You're gonna be fifty cent. I'm just gonna throw you a bone. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, I can't even say like you blame the guy for taking the role. Like, if it's especially if it's your first movie. Yeah. Like, are you gonna pass up the opportunity to actually have a movie and to do something? It'd be hard pressed to turn that down. You know. Yeah. But. I don't know. Then the producer it's, lights up a blunt or a joint, whatever, and he passes to the right. You always pass to the left. Everybody knows that. It's a continuity error. They, I don't know why they kept it in. It's terrible. I don't get that. I'm assuming that's a rap song. No. you. When you're smoking, you pass to the left. Yeah. The guy who's never smoked, drunk, or anything in his life knows that. Mm. Sorry. I've smoked pot twice. <laughs> how were they? How, how were the instances? Uh, I don't think I got anything from the first one. 
and the second one just made me feel incompetent. Like I felt like I shouldn't be driving heavy machinery. Like it wasn't particularly enjoyable. I mean, it wasn't bad, but... Were you driving heavy machinery at the time? No. Okay. You just had this feeling of, I should not operate a crane right now. Actually, in hindsight, it might have just been like self-realization of incompetency. (laughs) Like I might have just been like, I'm not good. Like it's truth serum. Like we said before, Winston, they turn Winston into a lady. Yeah. With a scar on her eye for no reason or something. Yeah. Which maybe the actress has that scar. I don't know. But they focused on it when she winked. Yeah. So it made me think that, oh, maybe this will play some important part or be a part of her character at some point. Mm-hmm. It's not. I, d- I don't know. So many of the, I, like, I don't understand why this movie exists, let alone trying to trying to go through the, the intricacies of, of why they make the weird decisions that they do. They, they did take out the rape. They did. They made it consensual finger blasting. Mm-hmm. So that was good. I I enjoy consensual finger blasting. <laughs> I support it in all of it. Uh, the dog looks awesome in this movie. Dog's way they better. They did a really good job with this dog. Yeah. Um, so I will 100% give them that, that this movie, the dog, looks pretty fantastic. Uh, my next note is, kid didn't karate kick, this kid sucks. I think I like this kid better. Like, he's more weird or, or I don't know, off-putting. because they give him the bunny mask. Yeah, but but I feel like that's that's better than a, a I'm, mullet. Yes, it is way better. This Dennis is demonstrably better, but he didn't karate kick. <laughs> that's like one of, like, that's the most joyous thing that happens in that movie. <laughs> I still like, took it away. I still like Gay Santa. I want that. I got to find that actor and follow him throughout his films and see what else he's done. Oh, and this note, well, that's why they didn't show the body because he, they did the jump score. Okay. So let's talk about Marcy's shower scene in this one. Okay. Uh, obviously it's much better done much, much. It's, it's more well done, better. To, I don't know how to put those words together to form what sounds like English in my mind. It's better. <laughs> you nailed it. Good. Thanks. Good. Thanks. Uh, but then, like, uh, her nipples come off, and, like, she's bleeding downstairs, and then she, like, walks out of the cabin in what I can only explain is the opposite of a bikini. So she's naked, <laughs> but everything that needed to be covered up was just missing. <laughs> It's that's like uh it's like a a teenage boy got like had to design stuff for models or something like he just it's just every, And they came off in perfect round circles. Yeah. I like mean, he came off just nipple, no skin, well, just nipple. It, you, the thing you got to know about this type of bacteria is mm-hmm. that is the way that it attacks the flesh and that's the thinnest part is the areola. Okay. Uh so it eats that first. Mm-hmm. So it focuses on that. It only so likes that, the dark meat. So gotcha. it's gonna, it's going to go through that, yeah. That that's why it it's science. Jesus, he really fucks up killing her. That's from when he lights her on fire. Uh. <laughs> then the next line is, he has bullets. Karen would be pissed if she wasn't just immolated. <laughs> this uh, deer is better than tree, because the accident in this one isn't a deer; it's a tree. Yes. I much prefer the deer to the tree. You much prefer the deer? To be fair, at least the tree looked like it was a tree. 
But to be fair, the deer went... <laughs> and almost kicked Boy Meets World in the face. Uh, and then he gets out and is like, Oh, I can't even go right! And then it explodes. Because it's 2016 and Irony's dead. Uh, Winston was way better as an idiot. Like, the, she just immediately... So, in this movie, we only have... Like, they, they used to have a big circle of, of teenage drinking now. Mm-hmm. Now we have just Winston drinking alone with Harmonica Lady. I think she was the lady in this one. And Guitar Dude. Wait, which, again, couldn't this have just been she is, like, sleeping with a teenage guy or something? Yeah. Like, wouldn't that be more believable? Something. Like... They're just... She... She barely, yeah, she barely plays up the party part at all in this one. And, like, I feel like for a minute they were, she was calling him a party guy sarcastically or something, right? That'd be like a spin if you're making a remake. Mm-hmm. You nod to it that she's cynical. And that, yeah. all right, that would be the perfect thing, right? She's oh, the actual yeah, party man. She's the hard ass. She's calling you party man. She is the hard ass. And then it would be endearing to see them drinking. Or if she's still the hard ass, but she's sleeping with a college guy or something. Yeah. That would be a way to do it. I, why does this movie exist? I don't know. It's but, weird that it exists, right? Like, but but we need to talk about the ending. Go ahead. Okay. So at one point in this movie, Karen takes a picture of a lake and then uploads it to Facebook or whatever. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, I didn't uh, react because I forgot about it, but now I remember and I hate you. And he's like, I thought you didn't have signal. And she's like, well, it'll just take longer to upload. So then her little sister or some random person is on Facebook on her tablet at home. And is like, oh, this is a fun picture of Karen, who I'm friends with on Facebook. Oh, look, there's a lake and them going in the car and everything. And then, like... It was a picture of Henry or something. Yeah. And then, or no, it was a picture of like bloody wounds. And then it's a picture of, of Paul killing her. So uh, with the shovel. So apparently she took a photo at that point. Which I think I feel like we saw her on screen when she was doing that. There was no camera. She and, was preoccupied with the fact that she'd just gotten shot and was asking to die. And then a nice pre-death selfie. <laughs> and then set those to upload before she got lit on fire. I'm 100% serious when I say, like, I feel like that you could have remade this movie and it could have been fun or could have been okay. Sure. Like, there's enough little tidbits, like... I still feel like if Eli Roth would write a first draft and hand it to somebody else, there might be some things in there that would make for an entertaining movie, right? Which is what, if you just made a remake, you could take those ideas and spit it in. Like, I feel like you and I have came up with better scenarios that right. we could put in a remake throughout our conversation. Eli Roth seems like a concept guy. Yeah, I would. He's not, he doesn't Hold take across second. the finish line. Hold on a second. Green Inferno, the concept is, let's remake Cannibal Holocaust. Okay. Knock Knock, the another movie that he did, the concept is, let's remake Death Game. <laughs> okay. So he came up with Cabin Fever. Hostel. Okay, Hostel. He invented a, a, a 
genre. To, according to his own story, though, he found that robe site for real. Okay. So that the, the thing that he actually might have made up, because people say that he's lying about that, that he didn't find that real website, <laughs> he's saying I didn't make this up. Okay. Um, well, I'll never know about that movie because I'm never going to watch it. Oh. You're not. Hmm. That's what we said, episode one. That was my whole condition mm. right in this podcast is, is I'm it? never going to watch Hostel. Is it? Did we say that? Yeah. I don't remember that. Uh, Justin, 2002 or 2016? When the credits rolled on Cabin Fever, the Eli Roth directed version, I thought this is in the bag. The remake is never better. That movie was so terrible. <laughs> it was so lifeless. I, everything about it was awful. That it doesn't matter what this next movie is. It's gonna be. <laughs> it's gonna be the one I, I like. And then I watched it. <laughs> and as as she as the little girl ran off with her tablet, with the bloody pictures on it. <laughs> And the credits are rolling. I'm sitting in my new living room. And I'm thinking... Oh, what? What is... How did this guy who... Can... Obviously is a is a more competent director. I've said that a lot, but I still stand by it. He's a more competent director. How does he take this awful movie... <laughs> And remake it, and somehow it has lost all its charm. But charm isn't right because the first movie has no charm. I know what you mean. <laughs> but somehow it is even more lifeless than this pile of dog shit that I had just watched an hour and a half before. It's like eating bland vomit instead of a spicy dog turd. Like is what I... <laughs> Like, because I hated everyone in the first movie, but at least they were individual people. At least I could hate them. I can't identify anyone from the remake to tell you who they were and why I hate them. I just hate everybody simultaneously. So, so I think bad. we're in agreement. We hate the first one less. S slightly. <laughs> but yes. It is. We hate it. I, at least for me, I hate it slightly less. <laughs> But the line is very clear. It is slight, but it is very clear. Ugh. We've watched some real shitty movies on this podcast. Yeah. yeah. How is that the absolute worst? Hmm. Let's see if we can do better. Or worse. Hell Comes to Frogtown? <laughs> Green Inferno? <laughs> Are you reliving all your nightmares right now? How is this the worst? It's just so bad. Let's see if we can do better. Next week, Justin? Next week. Okay, so... Watch this terrible fleshing bacteria taste out of my mouth. So there's uh, a lot of attention being paid right now. Uh, no surprise, everybody's doing this, but uh, it's out in theaters, right? Mm -hmm. So tons of attention being paid to it. It's like the number one grossing our uh, rated R movie of all time. Uh -oh. um, so it stands to reason, Justin, our first movie should be 
Now there's a new name in for terror. Cujo. I'm going to watch Cujo. Mm-hmm. Is Cujo anything like the story? Because I know approximately what happens in the story. I just finished the story. Cause I, but I don't know what happens in the movie. Well, we're going to watch it. Okay. So, th- so tell me what you know. So I'll tell you what I know because this here. Let me describe this. Oh, sorry, sorry. Blu-ray cover. There's a house in the distance, and there's a white fence, and it says Cujo in blood letters, and that's it. That's a really boring cover for what I'm assuming <laughs> is hopefully not a terrible movie. Uh, I know there is. To be fair, you would have assumed that a movie was good enough to be remade. It wouldn't have been terrible to begin with. Yeah, I guess. So. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's, you know, it's like a woman and her son are trapped in a car and there's a dog outside. So, hopefully it's a, a good looking dog like in Cabin Fever 2016. <laughs> and not a not good looking dog like Cabin Fever 2002. Or a bad looking deer. I hope it looks better than that goddamn deer. <laughs> All right. Uh, so what are you going to see? What do you, what are you expecting to see? Bad doggy. Bad dog. All right. Second movie, Justin. This is the back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ali Sheedy and Lance Henriksen. Brilliant right there. Companion. Protector. Killer. Man's best friend. Uh... Yeah, so it's Lance Henriksen <laughs> with a pistol, like a, a 9 millimeter pistol with a laser sight on it. I don't think you need a laser sight for a pistol. Uh, and, oh wait, I just, I thought this was a poorly drawn dog, but now I'm realizing this is a half flesh, half robot dog. <laughs> I'm more excited about this movie now. Lance Henriksen and and Killer Robot Dog. I I'd I'd watch that. Lance so, Henriksen from uh whatever that stupid vampire movie we watched was. Near Dark. Near Dark. Yeah. But also Pumpkinhead. Yes. So, what are we going to see? Uh, uh Lance Henriksen and the uh, uh, Robot Dog. I'm excited that Robot Dog better do some like killing. And then there better be like a, a Terminator T2 kind of moment where some of its flesh gets ripped off and you can see like wires and and hydraulic bits and maybe like some clockwork. Do you know who James Cameron wrote and planned for the Terminator to be the whole time he was getting ready to make it? Lance Henriksen? Lance Henriksen. Really? That's correct. Mm-hmm. He thought that Arnold Schwarzenegger's part would be played by Lance Henriksen. Like up till I think it was shot. Like it might have been a producing decision to put him in there, Arnie in instead of Lance Henriksen. I am. Wow. Okay. So A, that sucks for Lance Henriksen. But B, what the fuck would that movie be? Like, would know. it be anything? I always want, like, I always think about that. Like, you hear this person was supposed to direct this, and this person was supposed to be this person. Like, I want to see that alternative universe. Yeah, it exists out there. Yeah. What? I believe. What? What? Oh, you're talking about the Mandela effect? 
No, not the Mandela effect. I'm talking about the many worlds interpretation of quantum mechanics. Hmm. That's okay. So I went through all my books uh, because I I pared down. So I'm like, what can I have him read? And one of them was a book about quantum mechanics that I love. And I'm like, uh, I, I can't. It would be good. <laughs> that would be so good. That would have been pretty awesome. Like to give you a <laughs> like this super in depth like like I had to learn like I had to go to two years of school yeah. to be able to read this book. <laughs> to be fair, it's real good. Like I read it in high school. It's it's really meant for the layman. But uh, but that would have been there's all, some calculus you, in there. You would have found like the densest book ever. <laughs> Like, even if it's only 200 pages, but it's just, like, chock full of stuff. That would have been awesome. Yeah. But I think you, you what you did uh, with Why the Last Man uh, was a was something that I didn't see coming in the best way. So, good That's job. That's good. I'm, I'm excited for that episode. Um, and stay tuned next week. We'll give you a date when that episode is going to be. Sure. So that we'll put a deadline on it. Uh, Justin, what else you got for us? 